Hey everybody, welcome to Code Pen Radio. This is episode number six million. <laughs> Just kidding. It's episode 321, but that's what we'll call the episode because it's a milestone of ours. We used to blog about this when we would cross different millions thresholds, but haven't in a while. But this is one. We just crossed it. Six million registered users of code pen (laughs) how do we even know that number well in this case it was thanks to marie because you built a cool little dashboard with your sql skills oh boy i love building those dashboards (laughs) yeah and this one, what is this one? It's like the kind of like the main dashboard yes, and cool little analytics. That tool. one is just called CodePen. And actually that dashboard, I have to give credit to Alex for. He's the one who built the one that counts uh, counts the actual numbers. So yeah, we, we crossed that number, uh, what was it, two weeks ago now, I think? And uh, it's a big one, six million. <laughs> yeah, six million. And like, you know, I've said this, I think, before on stuff. Like it's... Um, it's like a no BS number too, because we're like just on the pro. Like, if anything, we're fighting against that number. In oh, a way yeah. We're like, does this, <laughs> does this account look like spam? Gone. Yeah. You know? Is this shady? Gone. Fraud? You're dead. Yep. Is this bad email domain is causing a problem? Every one of your account, you know, you're like mass deleting all the mm-hmm. time. So we're not fighting against it. We're just fighting against bad behavior there. What I would only because sometimes I hear extraordinarily large numbers from companies, but like, yeah, is it? Is your database just full of spam though? You do have to wonder. And you know what? You can't you can't always get it all either. You know, try as we might and as much as we put no, into there's it. Some spam you know, in there. Yeah. You, yeah. But yeah. that's where you gotta wait, you know, go over the number a little bit and then <laughs> then you have a number you can count on, you know. Well, this this graph, which is probably the worst thing you can do an audio podcast about. <laughs> you know, like, look at this graph. Yeah, you can't see it. It's fun. It's got we we have now it from the beginning of time, from the first day of CodePen all the way up. And it's got a bit of a that exponential vibe going mm-hmm. to it up even today. It's not totally linear. That's what you like to see. You know, you like to see the rate of growth go up in addition to just the growth, because it just has that exciting feel to it. Um, so we know that because of this cool dashboard and stuff, the user count should be a pretty easy query, oh, right? Yes, it's, it's like count star. star from, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not exotic. You show me some of your other queries, like this is challenge pens with this tag that don't have blank CSS that aren't a fork that do. Yeah, it's like holy crap. <laughs> well, you know what? It's easier than doing it manually. So it's like you write that query and you have your answer automatically. That's yeah. the beauty. Automation the is the best. <laughs> but what does 6 million actually mean? Like, it's cool, but you don't, we're talking about it, but you rarely hear companies talk about their total number of registered users because in a way it's a little meaningless. It's like, the, does Spotify talk about their total number of registered users? No, they talk about active mm-hmm. users. They talk about people listening to songs this month, you know, which feels like a very real thing you know like a million people listen to this song holy crap you know like they actually are flesh and blood people that enjoy music and listen to it did six million people log into CodePen this month no they didn't no that would be uh that would be something to podcast about for sure uh but no i mean it is 
people who have registered over time and not everyone is active. And, you know, some people are only active for part of the year. There are lots of folks who use CodePen, you know, only seasonally. when they're teaching or, you know, seasonally when they're hiring, whatever. So, it, you know, it's it's those numbers are not exactly the same, but we do also see growth in active users, too, which is fantastic. Right. You know? A little harder of a thing to measure. Yeah. You can kind of like guess it sometimes. You can, for example, you could even look at like number of saves you know, or like, you know, did this user save anything this month or something? You could you could query by that. We also have like client side JavaScript stuff that does stuff that happens to have that feature. So we kind of have a bead on active users. Um, it's a lot. It's more than I thought it would be, you know. It's like a whatever i don't think we have those numbers right in front of us so let's skip saying it but it's it's not like 80 percent or anything but it's like higher than it's, you'd think it'd it's be. a lot it's like yeah. a lot of freaking <laughs> yeah. people yeah which is that's the number that's more important i think i think probably in business discussions and software is priced by mm -hmm. that number sometimes they care more about that than they do your total registered right. users unless it's like you're sending email to them right yeah th but. those are two things that we kind of run up into problems, <laughs> run into a wall sometimes when we're trying to find a new service to work with because, you know, our active user number will generally push us into high enterprise tiers real fast in lots of services. We've talked right. about that a couple of times on the show. It's just... Because it's, especially because it's freemium. Yeah, freemium, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So so when we have, we have a, a ton of, of users who are using the free product and more and more coming in every day. And so, yeah, we do have lots and lots of active users. They're not all people who are paying for the pro product. So they're not necessarily people that we need these other services for. So we kind of get into a weird position right. there because it's like, there's a lot of tools that are built for that just assume that your, your product thing is, is paid. paid. Yeah, exactly. Or like that your e-commerce or something like that, where the majority of the people who visit your site are going to eventually buy something, you know, even if they don't instantly purchase something on their first visit, it's very likely that if they are, you know, registering, they're hoping for coupons, whatever, you know, those the, those people are going to eventually convert. So it is unusual for us to have a situation where our product is freemium and heavily, you know, active among free members. Yep, yep. So there, then there's, you know, there's active users that's lower. There's, But there is like, I think a company would care about this business-wide because it's like, can you but can you talk to them? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is there a way to reach these people? And there's a significant chunk of them that we can, yep. which is cool, you know, Not like active users over time, but also email, you know? So that's a, that's pretty big. You know, there's like the spark, which goes out to a huge swath of them, but there's also like, um, emails that we don't send nearly as often, like a feature release email or mm -hmm. something, which is kind of like a different setting in CodePen. Like, you know, you're kind of, I don't know, it's a different toggle than the Spark is. And there's more people that have it on. Right. We send them yeah, less, so there's less chance to turn it right. off. You know, like if you're sick of the Spark, <laughs> eventually you click on subscribe or whatever. Um, anyway, interesting. Yeah. So, so the number is cool to us because it's a internal milestone, maybe less important to the outside world, but it's still pretty cool. Then what is your start date? My start date? Like when this I joined is... CodePen as a member? Yeah. I joined in, in no. June of 2012. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm in the first thousand oh members. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But then, um. The first thousand, one yes, thousand. Yes, I'm in the first thousand. I have a three digit user ID. But the uh, I joined the company in September of 2015. 300 
and forty thousand. Yep. That's how many. That's how many people I was supporting when I joined. (laughs) So more than an order of magnitude. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I was an order of magnitude. I was. I was thinking about this. You know, a couple months back, I was. You know, when we started looking at these, I'm like, oh, I wonder how many people were were using CodePen when I joined, and I just I couldn't believe it. Like I I would never have guessed the right number. You know, so it was it was really. It, for me, you know, as the person who runs the support desk, that was like a really big change <laughs> over time. And it's like to see how few members we had then relative to what we have now versus like how busy the support desk was back then <laughs> versus how it is now yeah. was pretty surprising. And it was because... Well, that's what I'm curious about that. Yeah, you so, tell me Yeah, why. well, I, I remember why. Some of it was that we used to have a support form on 404 pages. So like when I joined, oh. we would get a ticket Basically, like probably like 50% of the time someone landed on a 404 page. So, you know, there's a ticket, there's a ticket. You know, we had all these different situations where we would have, you know, triggers to send in a ticket in like really strange spots. You know, so it just just trimming that down really helped. And then, of course, you know, in the earlier days, we were buggier than we are now. You know, we've we have solved a lot of bugs. We talked about that a couple of episodes back, actually. Yeah, I thought that was a good continuation from that support success episode is because partially we just work how it says on the box Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I wonder if our users were just like chat because we are newer, like I hate to say this, but like maybe more exciting in people's minds because it was this new new. community that they're a part of rather than this 10-year-old product. Yeah, I think there's some of that. And I think, uh, you know, yeah, we just, we were buggier. It was... uh... (laughs) It was the cowboy coding days. So, you know, um, things mm. have mellowed out quite a bit in that regard. So um, it's it's funny, though, to see, you know, if you look at the support volume from the early days compared to now, you'd think that we slowed down or something or that we didn't grow. But we really, really did. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, there's no metric that suggests otherwise. It is it is funny to think that, you can you know, you can have 10x more users and less support. Mm-hmm. But hey, what are you, you going to do? Fix your bugs. That's, That's how. Excellent. That's an excellent problem. <laughs> yeah. This episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you in part by SecureFrame, secureframe.com. Security compliance isn't the biggest priority for startups until it is. When it comes to enterprise security deals, every large company requires a SOC 2 report, but getting SOC 2 compliant can take months of time and engineering resources. SecureFrame allows companies to get SOC 2 compliant within weeks, not months, and it monitors 40-plus services including AWS, Google Cloud Platform, Azure, tons more. Security Frame continuously collects and audits evidence, runs security awareness training, manages vendors, monitors infrastructure, and more all automatically. Customers save an average of 50% on audit costs and hundreds of hours of their time. Uh, You can go schedule a demo, close those big enterprise deals, go to secureframe.com. Uh, I'll add that CodePen is literally doing this. So, uh, uh, yes, you know, it's no joke, this SOC 2 stuff. It's hard to get, but it's worth getting for a bunch of reasons. I really like the closing big deals one, like that it's a big signal to big companies that your product is like reliable, not to mention they probably just have like contracts that say like, it just has to have this, period. So you, that means you have to have it if you even want to work with them at all. Not to mention the stuff in there isn't BS. It's good, important stuff. It's stuff that you should be doing. Your company's going to be better off for doing it. So again, secureframe.com. 
but what then what does feel heavier you know like if 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 we didn't feel the burden of like supporting as many users as we are now from your perspective because I, I think it's interesting i think everybody here would kind of feel six million versus three hundred thousand mm. differently yeah definitely yeah you know i think what really the thing that i think more about now than i used to think about in the past was you know, our responsibility to all of these people, you know, what, what is our responsibility with their data? What is our responsibility with the product? Um, you know, having this many people in the community means that we have a lot, a lot more different types of people in the community. And, you know, my, my concern always is how do we keep them safe? How do we keep them, you know, happy here? How do we keep this a welcoming community? Because, you know, it's easier when you have like, 300,000 people, you know, who are relatively homogenous. And that's really what the case was when, when I first started, um, as that community becomes more international, as that community expands, you know, how do we keep everybody safe? How do we keep everybody in a safe environment here on CodePen? And that's something that we spend a lot of time on. It's a lot of behind the scenes work. It's a lot of stuff we don't talk about because it's part of, you know, keep <laughs> part of keeping the safety there is is keeping the safety quiet. You know, yeah, shut up. Exactly, <laughs> but but you know, w- this is a huge amount of people, and and our responsibility to that huge amount of people, you know, it grows with every new person. So that's that's the thing that weighs on me more now than it did in the past. Just you know, the sheer volume makes me think about that. Yeah, community safety is big, and that's a lot of you know, just a lot of. <laughs> people remember that day where we had like a zillion billion signups from some huge hackathon they were holding in brazil yeah, or something yeah. that's that's th- those are that's i don't know who those people are you know like that's probably great they're probably like excited to be doing their hackathon but i just don't like i don't know anything right yeah and and you know any anytime you have a large platform especially where people can make stuff where people can post things you have to be you have to be thinking about how that could be used to be harmful and so that's you know that's been a focus of my work is is working on detecting when things are being used in a harmful way preventing things from being used in a harmful way preventing abuse dealing with you know community situations where people are you know annoying each other or whatever um you yeah. know all that type of stuff obviously that grows as the community grows and i always think about you know what can we do to make this better? What can we make, do to, you know, automate some of this? What can we do to make this more human friendly? Because, you know, you see how things can spin out of control when you look at places that have huge communities. You know, it's it's a it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It ends up being a like a, a place that that I don't envy. Although I fantasize about it being so easy, because sometimes the it's not like the the tech can be hard and the. <sighs> the like discovery of it is, is hard and stuff, but we don't have internal problems with like, does this guy deserve it or not? Usually it's like, yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like if you're misbehaving, we don't have a lot of internal conflict on whether that's okay or not. Let's say the president of the United States signed up for our thing and was a piece of human garbage. <laughs> I kick him right off our platform is what I do. It wouldn't be a big debate, yeah. you know, yeah. but we're not, but that's different kind of right you know we're not seen as a public utility you know we're not seen as the place where people are making their news 
briefs and things like that. You know, this is this is a very no. That would be harder, but it, it should it be that hard? Is it like mm, let's let's talk about it for six months and then do a wrist slap? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm talking off the cuff about something that's bigger than I'll ever be, but. But still, it feels sometimes it's like like uh, that the the bigger the platform, the the like the wimpier they get about enforcing like right. just p- policy that seems like it should just be more straightforward than it. Well, that's when that's where you have shareholders and shareholder value is your primary focus. You know, when you yeah, when well, that's your primary right. focus, that changes things a lot. That's what it seems like, but you can't say that. You can't say like, you know what, we're not going to get these people off because they're making us money. Like, that's the worst. That's people have to infer yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's that comes from, you know, making a certain type of change to your company that, you know, we haven't done. And, you know, we're we are a privately held company. We don't have to mm. tolerate bad things because they drive revenue, you know. Yeah, you face the Marie Hammer. (laughs) No, that's not my hammer. That's someone else's hammer. Let's keep that off the podcast, right? (laughs) I I don't know. I I just mean that we all have kind of some, some, like I trust each other's choices. Yes, we we do have, we're lucky there. Um, We do have consensus on these types of things. We all agree on what is a violation of our code of conduct. We all agree on what is a violation of our terms of service. We haven't had a situation That's what I mean. yeah, where we've been like, no, that should stay. And someone else disagrees. That doesn't happen. Because, of, of course, also a lot of this is just blatant. It's, you know, you know it when you see it, you know. <laughs> right. And it's a lot of like, I hate to say this, but kind of like low value to us, too. Like these aren't users that are giving us bucket loads of money and, and then doing something nefarious. Right. It's like some free user that uploaded some garbage crap. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you're worth. You've shown me you're. You pay me zero dollars. You're worth nothing. You know, sorry, but you literally worth nothing. Right, of course. And you know, I mean, in that case, when they're using our platform to do something abusive, they are costing us in every single way. So you know, yeah, there's there's no hesitation there. And we have removed pro members too for doing things. You know, but uh, but that's that's fewer and further between. Yeah, I can't even think of any, but I'm sure you. No, I sure can. Yeah. So how does, I mean, it would be, it would be kind of interesting. It definitely would be interesting to hear everybody's opinion on this, but sometimes you just can't get everybody for a podcast. But what do you think it feels like if we were to speculate again, like for Alex or something like, like 6 million, you know, he, he's, he's got his fingers and everything. So certainly the support story is a big, is a big thing, but he's also in charge of like DevOps infrastructure. For for him, I think the big, challenge has been physically supporting that many users joining and that and as many active users that we have you know um it's been this past year you know i guess past 18 months at this point has been all about restructuring the back end and and you know bringing it down to the point where we we're not running as many servers as we were like 2 3 years ago we're not you know we actually have really slimmed down in a lot of ways which is pretty impressive when you consider that we continue to grow and we've, you know, we've had very little downtime. I can't remember the last time we had, you know, knock wood, but that we had a, a downtime incident, you know, we've, we've really, you know, scaled up our ability to handle more users without actually having to scale up the physical infrastructure, you know, and that's, that's been really yeah. impressive. I wonder what, yeah, it'd be interesting to 
on a chart like number of servers and server costs yeah. and stuff like that over time. I know we've been fighting against it, but it's it's like there's a lot of things at work because sometimes technology itself like just gets cheaper and gets that better. Too. So it yeah. kind of enables that at the same time. Yeah, you know, I I do know that there I like the physical nature that you brought out because there is kind of a a weight to these things literally well, yeah. like I think in the very very early days if you're like ah we're evolving code pen and we're going to add this ability to pens well that that needs to be in the database so we'll just run a little migration and change the pens table to have that on the table now that's just a pseudocode example of something we might do it was kind of not a big deal because the table itself is like physically literally small (laughs) and now it's really super large that's okay you know i think like we're not worried about the performance of that necessarily but it's like you have then you start thinking like but wouldn't we be more nimble if we could like split this thing off over here or like what if we do need to run a migration what does that look like on a table that's really, really big? Is it even possible? Is there downtime mm-hmm. involved? Is there, you know, can we move to a tech where once we've moved, then then we're more nimble? Or, you know, like little stuff like that. And and I and part of it is like learning new technology to even make that stuff possible. Right. You know, we had a show on Go and we still kind of remain hot on that technology here. I've never written a line of Go. I don't, maybe that day will come, I'm, you know, but I just, I'm busy. Okay. <laughs> a couple of things you um, got to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one of the quoted reasons from the server side team isn't because they're in love with the syntax, you know, like maybe they are, I don't know. But part of it is like literally allowing you to do things that another language can't. Right. That like if you wrote this script in Ruby, it would be two weeks to run it, which that number is like not, that's a no then. It's not possible. It's literally not possible to, to do that. So you just would say, no, I can't do that technology. And then you implement the same thing and go and you're like, oh, you're looking at more like four minutes or something. You're like, oh, we have re-entered the realm of sanity then. We can like do that. Yeah. That's been that's been really cool to see. Uh, you know, a, a concrete example there that I work with is the Spark. I mean, we used to send the Spark over a two day period because there were just so many emails on the list that it would take us two days to <laughs> send all of them. And so we would send it on a Monday, and it would finish sending you know Wednesday afternoon. So not not exactly ideal. Uh, now we send them all, and it's millions of them uh, within an hour. So it's, yeah. and that's go, yeah. go. Made Although that I seem to remember that was a, I don't think we were, it did, it did like that transition is when we fixed that problem. But I think in the end, we also, we realized that we were rate limiting ourselves really extremely when we just didn't need Are to. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, this API must be this slow. So let's just send it really slowly. Yeah, well, we fixed Which, it with hey, Go. It worked, Even if the root cause was something else, we did fix it with Go. We did. So that's been kind of cool. Yeah, it's interesting which things like scale with users and which don't. Like the user table, there really is that many mm-hmm. rows in a database for that thing. Like like that that scales linearly with the number of users in there. Yes. Like that's that weight is just that weight. But as we've talked about, support doesn't didn't scale linearly with that. Like we can that's a very bumpy road. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, if we shipped a really bad change, we could get an absolute flood of support tickets. And then that would, 
but that that would just be one mistake. But let's say we're just got sloppier. <laughs> we just started being sloppy as developers. Well, guess what? Support's going to suck again. And I think the floods of support tickets are are riskier. It's one thing to get it down really nice, but then if you break something really bad, well, the mountain of people that might be affected by it is all the higher. Right, exactly. And yeah. that's it's just such a huge bummer. Every time something goes out that is a disappointment or it's broken or whatever, just seeing all the tickets come in is just like, oh no, look what we did. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you can you can help people out, you can reply, but you know, they had a bad experience, whether you fixed it or not, they did. And so, you know, that it's it's a shame. It it harms your reputation, it harms their experience, it wastes their time. You don't like that. Right. CodePen itself over time, when CodePen was 300,000 users, was not the same CodePen either. I'd wager to say that CodePen itself is a lot more complicated than it used oh, to be. Yeah. There's more stuff you can do. There's more, just more features in general. That wasn't a, you know, we've been, it's not like we've been slapping features on every day for that amount of time. I mean, at some point you slow down on that because you got to refactor things and consider the future and whatever. And we're definitely heavily in that phase now where we're not slapping out new features all the time. But still, over that long period of time, it's probably triple, quadruple in complexity. Oh, easily. You know? Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I came on, we didn't even have projects. Like, that didn't even exist yet. It was just pens. Right. And so... Yeah, I mean, what we are today versus what we were when I started, you know, it's, it's a much, much deeper product with a lot more to it. You know, I don't even know if we had asset hosting when I joined. I'm not, I don't even remember. I doubt it. No, no, no. That was pretty later. We. I wonder if we had collections. Maybe not even Collections, I, I don't I, know. Yeah, I can't remember. It was so long ago now. <laughs> you know, we're coming up on six years ago. So it's uh we Yeah. That was fairly early. It probably sucked, you know. Well, it's funny <laughs> because every now and then, you know, you come across in the an old video of the early days of CodePen, like the original UI and things like that. And it's just like it's so funny to see what we started at and where we are now. That the design uh, you know, has changed so so much. And a lot of what's out there now is is the work of Claire, and she's just, you know, such a great designer. We, the sophistication and polish to the appearance of CodePen has grown unbelievably. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that, like, almost that, like, really subliminally reduces support because they're like, this happened. They must know what they're doing. It's so <laughs> well, clean. I do think things like how could they possibly have, bugs? you know, putting things in the right place, uh, the really good micro copy that we have in in lots of different contexts now. I think all of that stuff actually does make it less likely that people need help because it is. Well, first of all, things just work and things are where you'd expect them to be and, and all that. I really do think that, you know, improving the UX of the site, improving the design, all these things, they work together to help people use it effectively and, and not need help because everything's already there. Yeah, awesome. I, you know, that's kind of where I was headed with the size and complexity of CodePen was somebody like Claire's job where because it's so there's so much of CodePen, how does Claire fight complexity and scale and size? knowing trying to be nimble for the future and i think in some ways that manifests as you know the design system libraries that we mm -hmm. have and you know just being trying to write less you know in the, in the same way that backend devs like alex are trying to simplify and use the best technologies out there and and just be really clear and consistent about naming things and getting rid of old crap so too with design yeah 
let's not have a bunch of one-offs. Let's, you know, be, let's fight the fight that we need to, to, to pull this stuff in line. And that's just, you've been yet another success story of how fast it can feel like to pull together functional new UI. It's like, it's yeah, that, that that's know. a, that's a really good point, really, that we've created systems and processes and nothing is just tacked on the way it used to get tacked on. You know, we would have features that were just kind of almost standalone and sort of bolted on to the editor. And now everything really works in concert. Everything is designed to work together. It's more modular. You know, we have the mono repo, all of these things working together to, to make it so that things happen in a sensible way. We don't surprise each other with features anymore, which <laughs> that was an early day thing. But, uh, you yeah. know, I, look at what I, I did this weekend. I know I get on and I'd it. be like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have that anymore. And I have to say, I'm glad that we don't because that was chaotic, but you know, we, we really, we plan things out very carefully. We plan things out on a long range. We, we work through all of the possibilities before things go out and it shows, you know, the, the features go out polished, the features go out working, <laughs> you know, um, everybody knows what the features are. They go out documented because we've already talked about them and we already prepped the docs. Like all of these things are important and it's, and it's just a sign of maturity in the company. You know, we've grown as a company, we've built processes, we've grown together. We all know how to work together, you know, and, uh, it's, it's, I think one of our biggest successes, even though it's not really obvious to the outside, is that we have learned to really work together, that we are productive together and we don't have the the chaos of the early days. Although that was a fun time, you know, I can't say that I didn't enjoy myself when I first joined this little yeah. tiny startup, you know, um, it was, like I've said it before, it was like joining a really cool band, you know, and it's just like, we're in... We're in the uh, mature phase of the really cool band. We're doing greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, we're like you two yeah. now. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe that's true. That's cool. Yeah, there is some kind of fun to the to the to the chaos of it all and how how fast it moves and stuff. And then it leads to problems, of course. much like yep. much like your you know your poison or whatever Led Zeppelin, and you're like puking in hotel rooms <laughs> and then eventually somebody like has a kid and then they grow up and they'd be like what are you doing marty you, you, you got puke in your hair you <laughs> exactly know? exactly yeah. we brushed all the puke out of our hair we all sobered <laughs> up and now we're just doing business work <laughs> yeah 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 oh, we we're quite like that but 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 metaphorically uh extremely just because it, it you know it, it it like hurts feelings and stuff like if you're just you know you, you, those actions like like this metaphor is just can't die i guess <laughs> but those actions lead to problems in other people's totally. lives yep it's yeah like being the business person isn't isn't boring it's just stopping being selfish yes absolutely and it's it's also just it's maturity you know i mean some of some of what we did in the early days was experimental and some of that stuff is still with us and it was really cool and it was groundbreaking too. So it's like, you know, we were a young startup and we did young startup things and that was awesome. I am very pleased to have had that experience. But yeah, you know, we're not a young startup anymore. We're an established company that's been around for a while. We are the front end community, you know, I mean, there's... <laughs> copies and other iterations but we're it you know and we have to we have to take that 
responsibility very seriously. And, you know, so we've grown into it. We've grown into taking it seriously. I'm proud of us. Yeah, me too. That's a nice sentiment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as far as feeling the the weight of things, I'm sure. Like, like I, I don't know. I don't know how. I, I've been trying to think about this all week because I knew this was coming. I'm like, how differently do I feel? And the, I guess the big thing for me isn't isn't like some number milestone, but just in like that that we've managed to not only not screw this up, but but like lay some real bricks here that like is something to be proud of, yeah. you know, like you can't, you can't stop this thing. You can't dig this thing up. You you can't dig a moat around us anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like we're, we, we done did it. Yeah. I mean, and that is thanks to how many people use it in, in part, you know, that isn't just like our technological code is good. That's community building absolutely. and, and lots of stuff. So yeah, when you build a moat around a business, it's like, it's like a lot of stuff combined. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for having me on, Marie. This is a cool milestone. Be happy to see that 10 million one too. I do think that it's not just like it's not just over. Like of course it's not, but like there's other milestones to hit that are going to feel like even 10 doesn't seem that far away, but I think it changes CodePen again. Maybe. It that one doesn't feel far away enough i don't know like if you said to me like 25 million that's the one where i think it's like that's a that's a sea change time you know but i don't know i don't know that's it's hard to say it also depends on what you're doing because i'm just i know what we're working Mm -hmm. on and i know the kind of things that if we pull off are going to be a big deal and they i think that's what i'm thinking about is the 10 seems to line up with when we're gonna drop things that are yeah kind of a bigger swing for that's true point. yeah i see what you mean there yeah yeah i mean that's the thing great things are on the horizon so it's an exciting time once again it's been an exciting time for many of the years there were some years that were not <laughs> as exciting we won't talk about those yeah but <laughs> there have been many many exciting years and we're in one of them right now cool well thanks marie we'll talk Alrighty. again see ya bye everyone thanks for listening Eight.